now my perch at the far end of the bar. Evening, hey, listen, come with me. What, what? We've got to go... Where are we going? We're going round the back. Oh, round the back, I say. Yeah, it sounds the, a bit uh, saucy. Round the back the, of the Rat and Thistle, I've never been. To the secret room. Where oh! Have, where I keep the special drinks. Oh, the special... Ha <laughs> ha Okay. This is it. This is the so, thing we've all been waiting for, folks. And uh, you may uh, or may not be aware that there's shortly to be a dangerous shortage uh, of chartreuse, ah. the uh, spirit made by Carthusian monks um, who have recently decided to limit production of chartreuse um, because they say that's better for the environment. So I'm f- I'm full square behind them. Absolutely I did ask right for decision. a green chartreuse a few weeks back, and yeah, you well, swore that you had none on the premises. Yeah, you see. So uh, I may have told a little green lie. Um, so here we are in the dank cellar of this the is the chartreuserie, isn't it? <laughs> it's the chartreuserie. Oh my god, I feel a bit sick after that. And um. The uh, do, apparently it's made with one hundred and fifty herbs. Did you know that? Well, Chartreuse? no, I didn't. I, I stopped at one hundred and thirty-six. The others, mm. frankly, you just don't taste them. Here's the issue, right? Only three monks know how to make it. Three living monks, and none of them know the whole recipe. Aha! So they have to work as a team to create the chartreuse. You can get green or yellow, as I'm sure you're aware, uh, or vert ou jaune, and uh, that's so. Which colour? I've got both. Because what I did was, I got a little tip from a friend of mine in the chartreuse trade. Yes. That this was forthcoming. Right. And he advised me to stock up, so I um, I nipped out to the local chartreuserie. Oh. And um, bought some, so I've stocked up. So you can choose. You can have. Well, I would. I would green like, or yellow. Uh, well, as I've already tried the green and was only aware of the green, mm-hmm. I think I should try the yellow. Mm, okay. Um, so let's get. And would you like? How would you like it? Would you like it just on its own? Just with give a me the bottle. Little, just give you the bottle. You can dream on, son. Dream on. Cost me an arm and a leg. And um, you can have you can have a nip. A uh, nip. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm feeling generous. You can have a shot, a shot, <laughs> a nip, in um, in a cocktail if you like. Oh, a, sh- a yellow you... chartreuse cocktail. Yeah. How about an Alaska? If I tell you, I'm not good... going to Alaska. Uh... <laughs> I can have ice in my drink here. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, listen. If you were to say, yes, I'll have an Alaska. Thank you, Ben. That's a yes, very kind offer. Yes, I'll have an Alaska, please, Ben. You would be drinking two ounces of London dry gin. Right. Um, three quarters of an ounce of yellow chartreuse. Mm-hmm. Two dashes of orange bitters and some lemon peel twist. Or a lemon peel twist, I guess. I'm a big uh, fan of the bitters. I think it comes in a martini glass. Uh-huh. And if you'd like, I can put... Well, I was going to say an olive on a stick, but I think probably cheese and pineapple on a stick's more cheese up your way, isn't it? Yeah, pickled onion. Uh, well, there are there are uh, cocktails that uh, involve those little tiny cocktail onions. Mmm. 
Yeah, for the sharpness and the acidity. Yes. That is then balanced by the sweetness I'm and more the of an, sourness. I'm more of a, I, I don't mind a, 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 one of those little cocktail onions in me pickle lily, but mm. I like a, I do like an olive. Mm. Uh, Apres ski? Uh, no, I don't want a yogurt. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I should leave the building now. This is, that, uh, that's twice. Apres, apres ski is what you have after you've had the yogurt. I've ne- yes. <laughs> uh, so, I, I have how about never a been, show? I have never been skiing. Sure. And do you know why I've never been skiing? Because you'd be bloody awful at it, wouldn't you? Well, I would be. I've got no sense of balance. when, uh, And coming downstairs is bad enough. And I've always been the same. I'm not good. Without a handrail, I'm not good. Look at uh, him doing the slalom down the stairs. What's the matter with him? Come down on a tin tray. No problem at all. <laughs> Walk down, mm, that's a little bit more difficult. But mm. the reason I've never been skiing mm. is because the school that I went to went on a skiing trip. Mm. And I couldn't afford to go. I went oh. home with a little slip that said, um, if you would like your son to go on our skiing trip mm. and learn to ski, please return this slip with however many pounds of Her Majesty's Pounds it was in those days. Mm. And I took the slip home and said, uh, Mum, I, I want to go skiing. And she <laughs> went, what do you mean you want to go skiing? <laughs> we, we lived in a council house, for God's sake. She said, what do you mean you want to go skiing? I said, well, there's a slip here. And she read it and she laughed. Mm. That's not a good sign, is I it? No, and I said, well, she said, well, we haven't got money for that. We can't go skiing. And mo- I don't know where everybody else got their money from, mm. but they s- the class went skiing, and about four of us didn't. I mean, However, it- we four, um, w- within a kind of uh, I can't remember. It was like uh, you know, project forward, and uh, this trip was in twelve weeks' time. Okay, mm-hmm. so on week thirteen, we four didn't have any bruises or broken limbs. No. So we were the ones laughing. Were you? Really? But at that point, yes. Yes. Is this just something you've told yourself to make yourself feel better? No, no, seriously. People came back with one girl broke her leg, another Mm. boy broke his arm, there Mm. was a broken collarbone, and there were bruises and bashes everywhere. Seriously, Mm. me and my balance had no problem whatsoever (laughs) in saying (laughs) after that, skiing is out. Uh, now I feel bad now because I actually been skiing. I actually went on a school skiing trip. Yeah, no, I was very didn't. lucky. I no, did didn't. To, to Pinzolo in uh, northern Italy, and um, my abiding memory is this is the, the one and only time I've heard an Italian use what I had considered and still consider really to be a cliched um, kind of English impression of what an Italian might say in this circumstance where it was about day three or four. I wasn't very good. I'd had to be by the side of the instructor for the entire thing because, um, you know, he was worried about my safety. And uh, anyway, we finally got off the nursery slopes and up on the ski lift to the higher um, echelons of the uh, mountain. And um, he's giving us like his little safety speech about sticking within the markers as you go down the run. And he's halfway through a sentence, and all of a sudden, my mate, whose name was uh, Robert Roberts, um, suddenly disappeared at a rate of knots because <laughs> he 
couldn't stop himself. So off he went down the mountain, making this noise. Ah! And um, the instructor went, and I swear, this is what happened. This is what he said. He went, Mamma Mia! <laughs> so um, that's my abiding memory. Oh, I've got, I've got this, 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 this visual idea of you standing next to your instructor uh, and you're kneeling <laughs> and you have a little collar on. I'm on all fours because that's on the all fours, safest and you've, position. You've got a barrel of brandy around your neck. <laughs> <laughs> okay so i feel guilty now so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna come around your house and i'm gonna recreate uh, a skiing trip as best we can in yes. the current climate so well, that be- will involve tearing up bits of paper into small uh, shreds and throwing them over you while i serve you a ver show oh. which is a shot of green chartreuse in a mug of hot chocolate oh. topped with some heavy cream Ooh. and a little bit of syrup. Good mm. Lord. That's mm, a heart attack in a glass. Isn't it? Yeah. That would finish you off, wouldn't it? It really would. You can see why green chartreuse went out of fashion. <laughs> I did. People were going in for one and not going back for the rest because they were dead. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, let's, uh, that's enough nice. of the, um, the dank, drippy cellar. So let's go back up to the bar now, can and I, uh, you can yeah, take yeah, up you your usual perch. You lead the way. Thank you. That, no, it's all right. We've been down to the Chartreusier. <laughs> he's got he's got bottles of the stuff down there. No, no, I haven't. That's a lie. Mm. It's a vicious rumour. Yes. <laughs> uh, today, someone called me mm. a happy biscuit. A happy biscuit? She You're said, a happy biscuit, aren't you? She, no, she said, are you a happy biscuit? What? What did you say? F*** off. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know me so well. Um, I could, I'd never heard the phrase before. And I was kind of, uh, what? Happy Am I a happy biscuit? Bi- Are you a happy biscuit? She said. And I thought, well, I've heard some phrases in my time. She was sticking a, a needle in my arm to take some blood at the time. Hmm. And I could not think of a more inappropriate thing to say after the words sharp scratch. It used to be <laughs> little prick, didn't it? But now it's sharp scratch. And then she looked at me and she said, are you a happy biscuit? Were, do they have a choice of happy or grumpy biscuits that they give you after you've given blood? Well, is this what it was coming but, down to? No, no, it wasn't. It was for a blood test. But oh. they, used to, they used, to, used to get a cup of tea and a... And a biscuit. Mm. Um, it once you'd given blood, that was. I mean, it was, a, it was a, a a tough gig if you just wanted a cup of tea and a biscuit. I'm sure there were easier ways of going about it than actually giving away. That's very nearly an armful. But <laughs> <laughs> giving away your well-earned blood. But uh, thank God people do. Uh, but no, this was just a small amount of blood for a test. But she said, are you a happy biscuit? And I really didn't know how to react, what to say, how to respond to that. Mm. I've got... Uh, now, we in... Um, again, we uh, travel back to our continental friends over there in uh, La Belle, France. Uh, where they sell... We, you can get them in this country as well now, because, you know... Um, the the what we used to call in my family the no e biscuits, uh, which are the bn the bn biscuits that come in like a square packet, right? Oh yes, I know. Okay, the one. yes, and obviously no e because I'm 
my name is Ben. We've mm-hmm. met. Mm-hmm. And so, Noe, you get BN. That's, yeah, uh, that's yeah, how we write. Oh, very good. Um, yes, that's biscuits. a joke in the um, family. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, the, the it biscuits travel are square. Outside the family, but... No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, the biscuits are square. Mm-hmm. Um, helpfully for the podcast listener, I'm making a square shape with my fingers he at is. this point. And um, th- there's a happy face on them. There's uh, two eyes and a smiley mouth. So maybe these are the happy biscuits maybe to which, your to which nurse you refers. Maybe. I, I, mm, I didn't dwell on it at the time, and, I, and I'm not going to mm. dwell on it now, because it's it's all a bit kind of local radio phoning to you... say, what are the happy biscuits? So let's, so, let's, so let's not go, what are the happy biscuits? But there, I mean, there are lots of phrases to do. I'm in a bit of a stew, you say, don't you? Well, mm. No, are you a happy a bit, biscuit? Bit no, pickle. I'm in a bit of a stew. I'm a bit of a pickle. Yes. Yeah, yes, yeah, that, that kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, I've lost me snap. I've lost me snap. Yeah, that's that, that works well up north where they talk about lunch as being your snap. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there are many phrases where oh, we like food uh, and, and we we glory food, and so therefore we use food in our everyday language. But are you a happy biscuit? I might start using that. You know, I quite I quite like it because you know biscuits. Generally speaking, I don't eat so much of them anymore, but. No. Um, I've definitely had some happy times eating biscuits. Yeah. Generally, biscuits there's, make there's, you think of happy things, there's a, right? There's a thing that, that used to be called a gypsy cream, which is now called a crunch cream. Mm. Uh, Fox's crunch creams, which I'm, oh. and they do a ginger version of it. I'm oh. really, mm, a bit poor, partial. See, me and a packet of biscuits, this is why I shouldn't be let loose anywhere near a packet of biscuits. No. Because uh, me and a packet of biscuits are very shortly me and half a packet of biscuits <laughs> which is Probably no good for you very quickly yeah. by no biscuits left at all <laughs> me and no biscuits yeah. me and a biscuit wrapper <laughs> <laughs> and, you're, and you're dabbing your finger and mopping up the crumbs oh, like a oh. desperate desperate cocaine addict <laughs> and, and the last a, bit of the wrap <laughs> there's a man who really likes his digestion <laughs> <laughs> dunking though is something that always happened at home uh, we always mm. dunked a biscuit it didn't matter what, whether it was a custard cream or a rich tea uh, I didn't like uh, are they nice, nice biscuits what are they oh, yeah called? I like a nice oh yeah. they're coconut I'm not, not a big fan mm. um, but it would all go in at home growing up it would all go in you know mm. you'd, dunk, you'd dunk your biscuit in the same way that you'd mop the gravy from your plate with a piece of bread I mean, these are things that, you know, they, they oh, oh no, you shouldn't do that. No, no, oh, no. Oh. Who says that? Well, well, people who don't know what goodness in food is. But you go back, and people have always done that. They've always dunked things into their soup. Anything with a liquid, mopped up with bread, dunked biscuits, things like that. Of course, a lot of the dunking thinking now, a lot of the dunking biscuit thing surely comes from ship's biscuits when they used to put barrelfuls of these things, which would end up being hard as hell mm. and full of weevils, well, you'd have to dunk your biscuit, otherwise you'd never get your teeth through them. Mm. So there was probably uh, a very practical reason why biscuit dunking took hold for the Englishman, especially, you know, we are, we are a nation of seafarers. Uh, well, I've been out in a rowing boat anyway. Yeah. Um, but but dunking, uh, it, and I would dunk anywhere. It wouldn't worry me. I, I, I have no pride about my dunking habits. Would you, you dunk mean, in public? You, would, you When you say you would dunk anywhere, you mean you would dunk a biscuit in a cup of tea no matter the location? Yeah. Not that you would dunk your biscuit in anything? Oh, no, no. I wouldn't go anywhere. down to the river and dunk. Well, I wouldn't go down the river 
and stand next to the river, let alone get in one at the moment in the, mm. in the United Kingdom. But um, no, I would, I would pop a biscuit, whatever that biscuit might be, into a cup of tea wherever I was. Whether I was having tea uh, in a calf, in a greasy mm. spoon, or at the palace with King Charles. Are you... Because now these people who say don't mop up your gravy with a bit of bread... I've never mopped up their gravy with bread. Well, I've refused to... Do you... Are you seriously telling me that Camilla, our great queen of this nation, has never mopped, mopped up... Mopped gravy. ...gravy with a slice of white hobis? <laughs> I, I think that's a woman who's definitely mopped her gravy in her time. <laughs> See, I tell you what about that Camilla, gravy mopper. Gravy mopper. <laughs> you hear it, don't you, in dark corners. Camilla, gravy mopper. <laughs> Charles, dunker. Yeah, I found uh, I found that because somebody uh, handed me a yellowed piece of parchment. Oh. And it just said, um, don't tell anyone but Camilla. Oh. Gravy mopper. Gravy mopper. <laughs> Camilla, gravy mopper. Charlie Dunker. <laughs> Charlie Dunker. <laughs> Camilla Gravy Mopper. Yeah. There we go. God, God, God save the king. Indeed, indeed. And <laughs> send him victorious. Yeah. Happy and glorious. Long to reign over us. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you, but I think we've got a really boring national anthem. Oh yeah, and it's it, not really an anthem to the nation, is it? It's it's, it's just not. best wishes to the monarch. You, what, what you really want is an anthem that you know as many people as possible in the country can get behind. Because there is, whether we like it or not, you know, whatever your view, fact is, there's a growing uh, anti-monarchy sentiment in the country. I think thirty-five percent so, is the is the the stat in the moment of people who would. Um, declare as being Republican. Yeah, and that's that's uh, growing that's incrementally big, really. all the time, isn't it? So, yeah. yeah. So really, that's um, that's more than a third of the country. Again, displaying my amazing maths prowess there. Um, so it would be good to have a uh, an anthem, like I say, the whole uh, country can get behind. So it's not about you know um, what is becoming a more and more controversial institution. Uh, such as the royal family, and it's instead about what we stand for as a people, as a nation, what we what we all agree on about the lovely things about our country, about our green and pleasant land, and that sort of thing, and you know the beautiful clear ri- river, oh. uh, rivers. I was going to say, but obviously you you turned into a frog then, didn't you? Stop myself, a poisoned frog. <laughs> the way things are these days. <laughs> oh. I, I like uh, I like. Um, I vow to thee, my country, mm. uh, which of course has music by Holst from the Planet Suite. I vow to thee, my country, all earthly things above, entire and whole perfection, the service of my love. It doesn't mention the monarchy mm. at all. I, I quite like that. I mean, it, it comes on to some, there's a lot of love in it. In fact, there's the love that asks no questions, the love that stands the test, that lays upon the altar the dearest and the best. The love that never falters, the love that pays the price, the love that makes undaunted the final sacrifice. See now, well, it's what? good tune, good tune. Na- I mean, a, a, a lot of people go Jerusalem about love. 
Be yes, lovely, it is it? about love, but I don't mind. It's, it, it, but, and there's another country I heard of long ago, most dear to them that love her, most great to them that know. We may, we may not count her armies. We may, we may not see her king. Her fortress is a faithful heart. Her pride is suffering. And soul by soul and silently, her shining bounds increase, and her ways are ways of gentleness, and all her paths are peace. Mm. That's poetry, yeah, isn't it? Let's, let's go for that one. God save our gracious King. Long live our noble. Jerusalem, you mentioned as well. There, they sing that, don't they? It's, the it's, it's, it's a rousing thing. It's a rousing mm. thing. Um, but um, but uh, ever since um, who was it introduced it to the to the uh, arrival of England cricketers? Uh, was it Billy the Trumpeter? No, it was Bumble. Maybe. That's who it was. It was was it Bumble. Bumble? Yes, when David he was Lloyd. coach for a, for a little David Lloyd he, for when he was coach for a little while, he wanted something uh, to get the boys roused as they stepped onto the pitch. So he decided that well, he for a start he was mad as a March hare, so he <laughs> would play lots of tunes and things in the in the uh, dressing room. Is mm. it called a dressing room? It's called a tra- yeah. changing room. Changing room, sports, dressing room, theatre. Love, I'm theatre yeah. all <laughs> the way. Just can't Sorry. get over it. Can Sorry, you? can't <laughs> help myself. Theatre all the way. When they're waiting on the wings before they enter the field. Indeed, before I make my dramatic entrance down stage left, left-handed, to please Mr. Umpire. <laughs> but it was Bumble who decided uh, that they would play Jerusalem, not only to get the players going, get the crowd going as well. So they still do it now. Home mm. tests, they play last out Jerusalem, anyway. which is very good. But I think of the cricket when I hear Jerusalem, and I can't help thinking of the Women's Institute, All Jam and Jerusalem, um, which was kind of their the stock hymn that, that was associated with that fine august uh, uh, number of women. Um, august company of women. I thought, um, I thought so, you so said Jer- that, that final gust of the women. Which is entirely <laughs> different thing, entirely well, different, and would have got you in big trouble. Indeed, um, land of hope and glory. Where do you stand on that one? Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. Yeah, I, is, I don't want anything new. I don't want anybody to write a new. I heard now. Where did I hear? I heard. Uh, oh, where did I hear the national anthem being played just yesterday? Uh, rugby before it might have been before the rugby. Um, and I, uh, opera singer, mm. uh, belting it out and doing the thing that I find unforgivable, going up for the last note instead oh. of going down. How very Oh, dare it just, they. I mean, the first time you hear it, you think, oh, yeah, that's quite nice. They're a bit different, isn't it? But mm. don't. That's not, that's, that's not the tune, is it? Well, the, and I mean, the masters of uh, ruining their own national anthem, as much as it can be ruined in the first place, are, of course, the Americans, who <laughs> will introduce hitherto unheard of notes, even, to yeah. uh, the national anthem. Because um, they sing it purpose, practically but, every, I think they sing it every morning, don't they? Well, they, in the they, schools. They, they do the pledge to the flag, don't they? Yeah. Don't whether they, they, they. But the, the amazing thing is that, that um, not only do they have their national anthem, but they also have, oh, now I'm going to embarrass myself now because I can't remember what they call it, but they sing an anthem to the tune of God Save the King. They do? Yes, they do. And I might have to look it up. 
Mm. Um, because I can't remember, I can't remember what it's called. I've now. never heard that. Have when you not? They do that. Yeah, they do. They do. Um, the first time. When did I hear it first? Uh, I think I was well, listening to something by Garrison Keillor, the wonderful American writer. Um, while you look that up, I'm just going to reminisce about uh, this particular version of the uh, American, the United States of America national anthem, which it starts with the guitar noise, the fret noise through an amplifier, and then the howling genius of the one and only Jimi Hendrix. Ah. Down, 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 down. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. That's how you do it. Okay, it's called... It wasn't the same when Brian May did the R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-
Yeah, well, it was a hit. Yes, he was on the yeah. on top of the pops, throwing flowers yeah. to um, bemused teenagers who'd come to see <laughs> David Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> and they got Terry, they got Logan, Terry singing brilliant. the floral dance. <laughs> Mind well, you, they, you see how they, lucky they were now, do they? Well, nah. um, the floral dance as is, is a national anthem mm. is possibly the one that I would gravitate to. I think so. We'll launch a campaign. Our many followers will help us make this happen. Well, yes, all three of us will <laughs> will will we'll march on Parliament with flaming torch. <laughs> And, and pitchfork, yeah. and we will demand that the national anthem be. Uh, uh, would it be the Brickhouse and Rastwick version, or would it be Wogan's version? It'll be the 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 version with no words. You just have to literally yeah. sing along to laugh. Ah, wonderful, <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> Spread a little happiness as you go by. Yeah, what a great idea! Right, okay. Speaking well, of which, I need to spread uh, spread my legs and. Well, hold on a <laughs> what? What? Oh, right. You need to go and get some chips. Is this yes, what you're I saying? Do. Chips, chips, oh. chips. Oh goodness me! I mean, uh, I, 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 that was almost on. a culminism. I, I knew where I was going with that. I've but... been completely sidetracked by the idea of you spreading your legs. It's but David Coleman, the, the, the wonder, the wonderful sports presenter and athletics commentator. Have I ever given you my amazing impression of David? Coleman? Oh, go on then. Go on then. Well, Tell me your little David Coleman anecdotes first, and then well, this, I will finish sure, the show. This is the sure. Okay, this is surely what uh, Private Eyes column, Coleman Balls, is based on. Mm. When, uh, when during uh, a hurdle race, he said, "And the Cuban opens his legs and shows his class." Yeah, which is <laughs> great. And now to finish the show this week, David Coleman. Here we go. Are you ready? This is, um, you know, the best impressions are always set up by the impressionist explaining what it is first. <laughs> this is David Coleman commentating on the 100 metres sprint final at the Olympics. OK, here we go. Uh, they're off. Uh, Christy, uh, he's won it. <laughs> <laughs> and on there that are. note, <laughs> I will wish you arrivederci and reservoir. Cheerio. That's time at the far end of the bar. You've been listening to Richard Lewis and Ben Orr. Find the fellas on all the socials. Just search hashtag TFEOTB or send them an email. It's thefarendofthebar at gmail.com. Most importantly, spread the word. Tell your friends and enemies, colleagues and family about this amazing podcast you've been listening to. We'll love you forever.